0: This podcast is powered by you. To find out more, visit discussingtrek.com slash support. Hello, everyone, and welcome to discussing Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS series Star Trek Discovery. Hi, I'm Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who Story himself, Cal Jones. Good evening, dude. How's it going? How's everything going with you? I'm 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 doing great. I'm doing great, man. Uh, how has your day slash week been? Ah, so, so far, so good. This was fun
1: seeing the second pilot and really kind of really excited to
0: delve right into it. Cool, cool. And also we have with us, we have the Stargate in himself, Jeremy Barrow. How are you doing, dude?
2: I'm doing great. I can't complain at all.
0: Good, man. Glad to have you back in the fold so guys what we do here on this podcast is review each episode of star trek discovery and in addition to talking all things trek of course there's no star trek discovery on the air right now but there is plenty of trek to be discussed slash reviewed so guys what are you guys been up to um just work
2: as usual that's all I got.
0: Okay, nothing interesting you watching or, or uh, listening to. Well, or? I'm,
2: I'm I'm almost done with a Santa Clarita Diet, which huh. is actually quite hilarious.
0: See, I've seen that pop up on Netflix, but I haven't been brave enough to hit <laughs> click on it yet. Is that the one yeah, where they like? Give it a shot. Zombies or they kill people? Yeah.
2: is It's Drew Barrymore. Um, is infected with some kind of zombie virus. Ah. So it's not like it's not like a widespread zombie apocalypse. It's just her.
0: Is that Drew and Barrymore? Her, yes. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize it was her. <laughs> it was
2: just yes. It, it, it's it's actually quite funny. It's got Nathan Fillion in it and um, Timothy Oliphant. It's a hoot.
0: Awesome. I'll have to put that on my two watch lists. Um, what about you, Kyle? Anything you've been watching, doing? Um, uh- well,
1: well, let me say this. I will say this about Santa Clara diet. I'm not going to give any preconceived notions about anything associated with zombies because of what happened to me the last time I made a, an assumption about a, a zombie show, uh, maybe walking dead. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to put that on my list too. <laughs>
2: i i'm not that familiar with walking dead but this is very much not walking dead to my understanding yeah so yeah. it may it, yeah. it may be a good you know a good breather from it yeah, you still want your zombie ill
0: yeah cause what, what i've seen i saw the preview they pretty much have their same personalities except they have like a craving uh, i think so to speak so so definitely something interesting uh we should check out Okay, uh, guys, if you like this podcast and you're in Mississippi and you may be in the Tupelo area, Cal and I will be at the Tupelo Titan Con, which is this weekend in Tupelo, Mississippi. Yep, yeah, I
1: can't wait. I mean, we, we've got a table, we've got two um, panels coming up, and... I'm really, really excited because we've met some people that we've become friends with, and I can't wait to see them again. So, yes, if you're there, please uh, stop in. Check us out. Come by our table. Say, hey, we heard
0: you on Discussing Trek, and here we are. So we'd be glad to see you. Yeah, and the title of the <laughs> Star Trek uh, panel is uh, Not Your Daddy, Star Trek, and it should be a lot of fun. What, what's the title of the, the Discussing Who panel that we're doing as well? It is called Dr. Who. Here we go again. Awesome. Awesome. So, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, please go to YouTube.discussingtrick.com, where we would love your subscription. Uh, the Discussing Trick YouTube channel has video newsletters, unboxings, and more. So, please go to YouTube.discussingtrick.com. Hit that red subscribe button. Uh, you guys are awesome, and thank you in advance. So today we're going to be taking a look at the second TOS pilot where no man has gone before. Before we get into that, I'll ask you guys, is there any Star Trek news that you know of that happened recently? None Uh that I can think of. Yeah. yeah,
1: same here. I, I kind of avoided the news yesterday because it was April Fool's <laughs> and that was actually the only day that I had time to sit and look at anything. So everything yeah. I saw, I couldn't believe. So n- I don't have anything,
0: unfortunately. Well, it's, it's definitely it, a good idea to avoid the, the April Fool's Day news. I will say that. Yeah.
2: Now, one thing I did see today that. I, that was actually put out yesterday and i realized probably a second later than i should have that was april fools was there was a poster of um i can't remember his name but he's um on ash versus the evil dead and it was a, a doctor who coming to america movie that they were promoting <laughs> it was an april fool but i got very excited very oh, briefly oh until boy. i realized i had been had
0: that is hilarious <laughs> Well Jeremy, real quick before we get into the review, I wanna ask you, there's been a lot of uh Stargate stuff coming out lately. Have you seen any of the the web? Se- is it a web series or a, uh Yeah,
2: it's it's a web series, it's an origin. I don't know if you I don't know how familiar you are with the Stargate movie.
0: Yeah, very but familiar. the um
2: the lady who is actually in charge of the whole Stargate project. Uh huh. It's it's kind of like when they first discover they're going back to when they first discovered the Stargate. Ah. So it's kind of like her, kind of like her origin story.
0: Okay. Okay. Is it actually out now or are they still kind of? Promoted? I
2: believe it's on the like, uh, MGM Stargate website, which is a pay site. Oh. And I just, I just, yeah, I I hadn't, I can't make that commitment right now.
0: Come on, man. You're hardcore, man. You got to go for it.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know, I got, I got a card note now. So I got Oh, <laughs> that's being diverted.
0: I feel you. Man. I feel you. <laughs> Uh, Moving along in a bit of errata and also feedback all piled in one, Uh, friend of the show, Matthew, sent us some feedback in regards to uh, our talk of diversity in the cage pilot. So, uh, Matthew writes, why you guys are absolutely, absolutely correct that there should have could have been more diversity among the crew. Uh, I didn't want to mention that the crew is not completely Caucasian. One of the transporter operators was Asian, although he had no lines. So I totally missed that, <laughs> uh, which is thanks. Thanks to Matt for pointing that out for us. So, guys, we'll go ahead and get into the review of uh, where no man has gone before. The second pilot in Star Trek uh, for Star Trek, the original series and encounter at the limits of our galaxy begins to change Lieutenant Commander Gary Mitchell and threatens the future of the Enterprise and the human race itself. So a little bit of background about the episode. Uh, of course, we just said it's the second pilot of Star Trek TOS. It was produced after the cage failed to woo the executives at NBC and due in large part to Lucille Ball of Daisy Productions. Uh, persuaded NBC to consider the second pilot because she was good friends and really liked Gene Roddenberry and believed in his work and his project uh, though the second pilot this episode actually aired as the third episode Spoilers Red alert All hands stand the battle stations I'll give you the right You cannot destroy an At ease before you spray something So, guys, uh, here we go with our over-the-top thousand-foot view of the episode. I'll start with Jeremy. Uh, What are your initial thoughts on this episode, where no man has gone before?
2: This is probably the second episode of the original series I've actually sat and watched on purpose. Wow. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I I started with Voyager, and that whole era has been my kind of, my Star Trek, Go to, but it was very sixties. I just, I just, it just felt very sixties. Cause I watched up, I grew up watching like lost in space and, and those kind of shows. So the graphics very much reminded me, you just kept me in that era. And I was thinking, wow, we have come so far.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and were, thank were, goodness for that. <laughs> were, were you not able to kind of suspend your disbelief for a moment and uh, pretend you were a 1960s version of yourself watching this show yeah. and being able to gather some of the good points that were actually, actually in the episode?
2: I mean, I liked the story. I was able to actually focus on the story, but there was some distracting like props and. Everything made a noise. Everything had a, had a sound effect to it. And that was really the, by the, just for the record. If we ever review another original series episode, that's going to be my number one complaint is everything makes a noise. <laughs> everything has a sound effect as, but as it does in life. <laughs> it, it does, but I mean, no, I it doesn't have saying. to be so loud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, awesome. Awesome. Cal, what is your thousand foot view of this episode?
1: All right. So from a thousand foot, I would probably say this episode felt in contrast to the original pilot. It just felt more polished. And I'm sure because this was the second one, it had to be because this was sink or swim. And if you didn't, you know, you weren't going to get a third try. I mean, Lucille Ball has gone to bat for you. So there's no other, you know, Hail Marys that you can call. This is it. So, you know, that was my 30,000 foot view here was that it just seemed more polished. I'm not sure, though, which one I liked better because there were two separate, you know, they were two separate types of stories and there were things that I liked about each of them. But but good nonetheless, obviously, because, you know, we're still talking about Star Trek.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing that gets me mostly as, you know, as we reviewed the cage, one of the things we heard from the executives that actually, um, passed on the first pilot is that it was too cerebral, you know, but to me, this one is, is pretty much the same vein in a, in a slightly different way. Um, I, I would beg to
1: differ that it was not. More cerebral, are in the same vein. I would say that the other one had more of a romantic soap opera element, whereas this one was more cerebral in the story
2: itself.
0: Yes, yes, I can agree I, with that. I fully agree. And, you know, just a lot of high concepts to actually grasp to <laughs> to, to get across what they're trying to to uh, hit it in this in this uh, pilot so um, I'm pretty sure the version we see on Netflix which is where we all watched it I believe um, is very different from the pilot that the executives actually saw maybe not different maybe in cuts but I don't believe the intro was in there in the original pilot that they saw I think the intro came later um, I, I might be incorrect in that but but we start off this episode and we get the captain's log. So um, this is particularly for Cal. Uh, did we get the captain's log in the cage? I don't think we did. I don't think we did either. And
1: I think this is the first time that we heard Stardate, blah, 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 dot, blah, blah. You know, that was the first time I think we heard that because I specifically in my notes wrote down
0: You know, is this the first time we heard Stardate? Yeah, and it's something about that Captain's log. It is so iconic at this point, you know. And again, we kind of said this in the cage, but a lot of these concepts that they bring to fruition here in these pilots that are long-standing and are still with us today in our Star Trek, and and this Captain's log, this kind of narrative overview of what will come in this episode of what the crew has been doing. Is just an awesome thing for uh, an episode. And I'm really glad it stuck around because to me, it's like a core thing in Star Trek. Agreed.
2: Yeah. It's kind of hard to have a Star Trek without at least someone giving their, their recap of what's happened and what, what they think is going to happen next.
1: So I, I have a question and and Clarence, uh, if, if I'm jumping around, stop me. But since we're talking about this being the second pilot, the first thing that my brain kept coming back to is why isn't this the first episode then? And do you know if they've explained that? Because I couldn't find any explanation.
0: You know what? I couldn't find anything. And furthermore, this has to be a bit disjoining by being the third episode. You've seen the first two with the full crew that the, you know, the more diverse crew and you grow to love those people over two episodes. And then you're like taken back to this one where everybody's different. So I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it probably has something to do with. We got this episode. We have to air it anyway. You know, is an episode that we can actually run? Uh, budget and whatnot so i figured that may that's probably why it was still aired but to that point i think it should have been aired first
1: okay so on that and i agree with you and i'll give you an example i can think of several tv shows either sitcoms or well i think everything that i'm referencing are sitcoms where the first episode which was obviously the pilot looks different whether the set looks yeah. different whether yeah. the you know the characters look a little bit different and then you go into the second episode and then that's the continuing story you know yeah you know uh real cast like you said and you just kind of accept that first episode being different and i agree it was just it just kept making me think why is this the third one <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it, yeah and I kind of just think it came down they have this episode we need to air it because it's still good you know <laughs> that's kind of my view but so guys if you do know the reason why this is the third episode in the series please let us know send feedback to fans at com. so guys I have to ask you did you notice the colored star feel at the beginning of the episode I thought that was really strange did you guys notice it? I didn't, but what I did notice was that the,
1: uh, logo was the color it was supposed to be.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that intro that we saw on the Netflix version of this probably, and even furthermore, for the aired version, it was probably created after the pilot was v- greenlit, you know, by the executives. So, I mean, it's a little thing of where the actual production that we see as episode three actually falls into the episode versus what was in the pilot when the executives originally saw it, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, I thought the colored starfield was weird. I mean, uh, I really didn't get that, but whatever, whatever. Uh, but more importantly, we get to see a uh, 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 Captain James R. Kirk for the first time. <laughs> Mere yes, universe. <laughs> so did so. Did you guys get my R reference? Yeah, I got yes. the R reference. Yes. Does anybody want to explain? Uh, Wibbly Well, Wibbly I was Wibbly, actually. I mean,
2: I was actually reading on like, the Wikipedia entry for this episode, and um, Gene Roddenberry said that that was a character um, thing from the from the guy who made the tombstone. That was just a. a Character flaw.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen people try the retcon to explain, Oh, the character remembered it wrong. Yeah, I guess that works if you want to kind of, you know, retcon it that way. But we, we all know is, is James Tiberius Kirk. Yeah, yeah. But Kirk is there, uh, for the first time, William Shatner and wow, wow. As much as I love Pike, does this guy just feel like a superstar to you guys? I mean, the first time you see him on screen, does he just ooze superstar to you? A movie star or TV star? Mm. I saw him he, and I, was, I go ahead, go ahead, Jeremy.
2: I was going to say I, I don't know if he if he oozes movie star or just superstar or whatever you know he's he's come to be, but he does have a presence. He de- he definitely just had a presence that nobody else on that show in that episode had.
1: You, you know to piggyback off of that, I think I have to agree. I mean he he seemed the most polished. And here here I go back to the word polished again, but he seemed the most polished in his role, meaning you just felt like he had been doing this yeah. over and over and over. And if this was the first time he had recorded that, yes, the word superstar obviously, you know, totally fits him as a person because he just felt like I, we were seeing Spock. I mean, excuse me. We were seeing Kirk that had been recording for years deposited on with these
0: newbies. Right. That's, that's kind of how it felt to me. Yeah. I mean, man, it's something about how he commands the camera. Um, he he just has a magnetism about him and it's kind of hard to explain, but you know, from my first time seeing him on screen, I'd never, there was never a disbelief that he was the captain because he owned it. And Man, his performance is just I can see why this why this pilot got sold as much as I love Pike. I thought Pike was really good as fur it as well. Um, but, um, man, man, Shatner just I don't know what it is. <laughs> he
2: He owned that character from the gate. Yeah, he absolutely owned it.
0: And,
1: you know, I'm going to tie this in. To or, or just kind of rearrange it from a question that I've heard asked as being a Doctor Who fan is which doctor would you like to travel with? And I'm going to take it as oh. uh, turning it into which captain would you like to serve under? And if I were to compare just in what I saw in the pilots, not knowing, you know, James T. Kirk or in anything else, but just seeing the pilots. I can't say why, but I think I would like serving under, uh,
0: Kirk as opposed to Pike. Hmm. He seems to have a bit more fun. I, I I'd say that. Uh, and that's going to get into some of the things we're going to talk about later about, you know, sexism and things like that, that I thought were pretty prevalent in his episode. But, but, but Kyle, I thought you were going to take that question a little bit further. I thought you okay. were going to say which captain period would we like to serve under and that's something to ponder from from just if you take from the first time we see that captain or the first episode which one would you most like to serve under mm. oh i mean that's handed down i know who, what the answer to that one is for me <laughs> uh i'll let jeremy go first
2: um I, I i would have to go with kirk i think i, I think he's just I, I think, I think you'll just have more adventure. it will just be more adventurous. Y- y- yeah, be less reserved.
0: It, it definitely seems more of a, 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 a pirate ship.
2: You'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll walk away with more stories to tell. I believe.
0: <laughs> yeah. What about you? Hmm.
1: Oh, maybe someone who would say I'm Catherine Janeway of the Federation starts ship Voyager. Yeah. Yes.
0: What about you? Um, I would, oh man, this is hard. This is hard. I would probably say Picard. Um, but I don't know if you're going strictly off the captain, man. Picard in those first episodes, he was, uh, I don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I'd have to go with Kirk too, <laughs> which is funny. Um, I think probably one that probably be the most boring to me. Well, I'm not going to say boring, but the least pick for me would probably be Archer. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I see. I didn't yeah. even, I didn't even think about him. Yeah. Sorry.
2: Yeah. And see, my gut was to go with Janeway. But if we're just talking about just from the pilots, she yeah. was, you know, I, I, knowing what I know all the way around, it would be Janeway. But in that pilot episode, she just didn't seem to have her footing yet. yeah. And that's true. the only reason. That's the only reason why I chose Kirk over her.
0: Oh, no. If I had to choose, like. More, if I base it off more than just a pilot, I would have choose Cisco. Cause I freaking love Cisco. He's awesome. But man, he's a very different person in those first few episodes than he is for the rest of the series. So if you're just judging off of that pilot or the, 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 um, the first episode, yeah, I don't want to be under Cisco cause he's, he's a trouble individual. He is, he is good ooh, point. Man. <laughs> He takes his job very seriously. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So, so uh, question for you, Kyle. Yes, sir. What do we think of Spock's transformation from The Cage?
1: You know, it goes back to what I think we mentioned that you and I talked about when we reviewed The Cage, which was he took on the attributes of number one who disappeared, uh, you know, didn't get retained, and... The thing that got me the most about Mr. Spock was, are two things that got me about Mr. Spock, which was, number one, you already started to see the development of that playing off of each other between him and Kirk. You know, you saw that banter start to develop even in that episode. So that I liked. Yeah. The yeah. other thing that I noticed was something that he said about his ancestors did
0: either yes. of you pick up on that yeah yeah yes he does not say his mother he just says his a human ancestor so that's i guess something that got changed later in the series but yeah that jumped out at me i was like what <laughs> yeah yeah that was pretty awesome though and of, and of course i mean we see mr spark having um uh, he very different from the the cage again no emotion dead pan delivery they even make point to talk about the lack of emotion emotion uh in the vulcan so they really established some some of the core concepts that uh followed the character uh forever or in that race as well forever so
1: so, so, so kind of going on for that if you don't mind me asking you a question Clarence yeah. do you think that explanatory that you just mentioned was in response to people saying, or some of the concern that his pointed ears and his eyebrows that look different and his angular features made him look satanic, as, as they called it. Do you think that's why they spent so much explaining the, uh,
0: the Vulcan culture? You know what? I have never heard of such. Is this a thing? yeah seriously yes yes it (laughs) really was wow i've never heard that or read that so man
2: that's one of the main reasons they had to redo the pilot was because they were concerned that spock looked satanic so and that that would turn a lot of people away
0: so you're saying kyle do we think the reason uh, the reason he was his emotions were tampered down is because of his look is that was kind of what you're saying no, 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 no. Well, I'm saying that the explanatory that they gave
1: about, I'm, I'm not saying that that, I'm just posing that question as a mm. speculation. Um, I just know that, you know, that was one of their concerns. I, I thought that it was too mental. You know, like we said before, I hadn't heard that that was wow. one of the, it, it, it may well have been. But, um, you I, know, that was
0: just one of the concerns that I had read about. I can never unsee that now because that's now. <laughs> see the devil if he had a red face. Oh my god, you're so wrong. Oh, I've never heard that, man. Wow. Wow. Of course we see some more of the classic crew members. We see Scotty manning the transporters. We also see Sulu come on to the bridge there. Um, let's just talk a little bit about the the diversity of the cast for the second pilot um, we, we see, I can I say just as many women in this one as we saw in the first one, but uh, uh, there's some other, I know, we, of course we got Sulu, which is, you know, uh, Asian representation, but we had also uh, some black guys in the background. So um this one did had, have a bit more diversity, but you know, I think it's probably on part of what we get in the regular season. I guess. I guess um, your hero is only is she the only recurring black character? Am I remembering that correctly? Correct. Yeah. And then of course, you know, McCoy wasn't in here. That's correct. Didn't have McCoy. So um, moving along into some of the plot of the episode, um, uh, what do you guys think of a spaceship having a black box? Hmm.
1: <laughs> Did- I mean, I would assume that they would. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you go logically and think, OK, a plane has one and this is in our future, this <laughs> yeah. is just an extension of a plane. So, yeah, I mean, I could. I mean, that seems feasible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love the whole concept of the black box and how they're bringing on board to find out what happened to the Valiant. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, uh, Let me ask. Um, And this is one of the big things in episode to me before we just dive deeper into the plot. The treatment of women. In this episode, and it was very early on in the episode to where it was—I guess it was just supposed to be a joke. But to me, I was highly offended. Did, did the treatment or the joke that—that—that um that, that, was it, Mitchell? Yeah, the joke that Mitchell made was that. Did that shock any of you guys? S- so help help me
1: re- re- kind of stage it because I want to make sure I'm thinking of the right thing.
0: Oh yeah, so so Mitchell makes a comment improving the breed. Doctor, is that your line of work? And then she says, I've heard that's your specialty line included. I guess it was been in some flirting. But then he he comes back and says, walking freezer unit. and turns and laughs to his buddy who's the other hellsman. (laughs) Did you guys not catch that? Yeah. And, you know, I was looking at it from the perspective of.
1: That they got away with stuff like that. And I was thinking to myself, what year was this? And this was still the sixties and the, you know, the women's movement that started in the, you know, early seventies hadn't, haven't, hasn't happened yet. So I just think it was a product. I, I, yes, I think it was so inappropriate. Yeah. But I just think it was a product of its
0: time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like another thing that was funny to me is like when they went through this, I guess they crossed this barrier like they're like holding hands. Like, uh, was it, was it Yeoman Smith or I I think she was a Yeoman, but that girl, she, the blonde headed chick, um, Smith, she was holding hands with Mitchell when they were going through the little turbulence there. I thought that's really weird for bridge crew members to be holding hands at the first sign of distress. Well, my thought,
1: well, my thought was, was the yeoman nothing more than the, um, flirt uh, person of the of the episode because I was thinking back to the yeoman that kept coming up to the uh, you know bridge with Captain Pike for the original that's, that's one true. where he is condescending and talking down to her as you know so I'm like is that the purpose of the yeoman in this <laughs> is to be berated by the man.
0: I don't know. Just really just I don't know. I mean, I know it's a product of his of its time, but the treatment of women just really shocks me. And um I guess that's all we can say about it. It's just the time. But, man, anybody, any woman watching this today uh, pr- would probably be highly upset by some of the st- things that they see.
2: Oh, that would be livid. Yeah. Just livid.
0: Yeah. You, you know, I hate to
1: keep tying back to Doctor Who, but... It's similar to a conversation we had at Christmas when they kind of were referencing the first doctor's um, treatment of women. And it's 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 just almost deja vu that now we're watching something that was actually recorded in that same time period and seeing the things that we were saying were so out of place with the first doctor. And maybe they weren't so it makes me have a different view of some of the things that he said, not saying they were right, but maybe they literally were taking that context of the character out of the sixties. And when it was made, because obviously we're talking about something made in the sixties and are seeing these things.
0: Yeah. Just a product of his time. So jumping back into the plot a little bit more, we, we, uh, uh, Mr. Spock's computer, Deciphers what we see on the black box. And we, we, we learn that it has something to do. The disappearance of the valiant has something to do with, um, ESP extrasensory perception. And something happened to the crew based on that. Uh, soon after we see the, 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 the enterprise go through some type of barrier or something. And we see where Mitchell, uh, Gary Mitchell and, um, uh, Detner get hit with some type of, I'm not gonna say radiation. Something happens to him and cause them to momentarily black out. And pretty much from that point on, we see where apparently, uh, Detner's look like, looks like she's okay. And Gary Mitchell starts to exhibit, um, godly powers. Um, how did we like this development? And and what was some of the takeaway we got from this, Jeremy?
2: It was to me. It was kind of hokey. I don't know, but it was also you know I, I'm having to remind myself that this was in the '60s because I keep I keep looking at like the, the graphics and the set and just I, I'm having to to suspend my disbelief here. But it just all seemed I don't know. Just, hokey is the best word I could think of.
0: Hmm. hmm. That's I don't know, man. I guess I'm just. I, something in me just allows me that not to bother me as much. I get not compl- I completely <laughs> get what you're saying. Um, but somehow that doesn't bother me. I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm taking the story purely pre- on the story. And although some of these, these set pieces are of course, cheesy, uh, but they're state art for their time. But you know, I, somehow I'm able to get past it and get to the story a little bit more. I don't know, maybe it's just me. Uh, what about you, Cal? Did did the set throw you out of the story a lot, or did it? No, it actually. You know,
1: I looked at the set at the original. You know, in, at the beginning, not the original, but at the beginning, and and made notes of, oh well, how bright the colors are, and I'm thinking to myself. This is mid sixties. Everyone is starting to get color televisions. And so they are accentuating the colors because everything is technicolor now. So, you know, that was my thought on the, you know, the color rising of everything. Again, back to the time that it was. But, but to your original question about the thing that happened to him and the ESP, the whole idea of getting the powers and, Having this evolution of a character, I thought was really suspenseful. Whereas, again, back to that first one that had more of a soap opera feel, you got the feeling of you d- didn't know what this person was becoming. This person was rapidly mutating. Yes. You were running against the clock. And I actually felt like, okay, you know, there's some suspense here that I did not feel in that first, um, you know, in that first pilot. So that that was it for me was it, it? there was a sense of dread and there was a sense of times running out and there was a sense of this guy was maybe not a very nice guy and he gets powers and yeah. look at what he's becoming.
0: He seemed like a bit of a jerk, although him and Kirk are apparently friends. So... That was really kind of, that's probably the big, was the biggest or the most off putting thing to me is that apparently these guys were good friends, uh, Kirk and Gary Mitchell. So I, that was weird to me, but you know, the whole notion of him gaining these powers, um, slowly developing them, slowly learning them and sl- slowly coming to this realization that he wants to be or he is some type of God. I thought that was really, really well played in this episode. But, uh, did, did anyone else get freaked out the moment, uh, Mitchell looked at the view screen with Spock? Yes. I I had like yes. chills when it happened. I was like, what? So he, here's
1: something that I totally, totally loved about the, um, special effects that they did with him and w- even with her later on was the eye special effect. I don't know how they were doing it, whether it was shining a light or how they had the light or the camera angle or whatever it was. Tinfoil. It, yeah. It would it just look really, really cool because they didn't try it in that aspect, in my opinion, to overdo it.
0: So I have to ask, does Mitchell's increase in mental ability remind you of any other person we've seen in Trek, Jeremy? <laughs>
2: oh. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyone in particular?
2: I'm I, I, I'm wrecking my brain because it's right there. And I'm just kind of, you know, put, put on the spot here for a second.
0: <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. It's my fault. What, what about, what about you, a- Kyle? We'll come back to you. What about you, Kyle?
1: Oh, could this could this person have helped a certain crew get ten
0: years closer to home? Perhaps is that yes, who you're referring to? I'm referring to oh Kes. yes, Cass. And this is, is almost the exact same thing, Cass. Uh, the it, you know, form. I was go ahead.
2: I was actually kind of thinking that during the episode
0: yeah. when you
2: know Cass's final episode, you know, her powers raging. So yeah.
0: I mean, it, was, it was pretty much the same situation she was developing these godlike powers where you see Neelix is getting scared of her and <laughs> just the progression of her powers are, it just became too much for the ship and this is very much the same thing here um, so I thought Kess was an a, a excellent analog to, um, to Mitchell here as well as and with the eyes we get a little bit of stamets um, though Ooh, yes, yeah power. good point yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. I wonder if the showrunners actually looked at some of this and be like, huh, that looks cool. Let's use it. Oh man. But as with most things, um, we see where they are met with this ultimatum, so to speak, that Spock, Mr. Spock gives, gives Kirk. <laughs> Do we want to continue with this guy on our ship when he, we know that. Probably the best course of action is to either leave him behind or kill him. Um, what do we think about this ultimate decision that Kirk is kind of pushed into a hole to make? Mm. He
2: really didn't seem to debate it a whole lot. I mean, Spock was ready to kill him, and then Kirk was just like, Well, let's just leave him there. It really didn't seem like a debate or a, you know, his morals were kind of thrown off. He just, he didn't want to, but he just kind of almost decided to immediately just leave him on this planet to me. Uh,
1: see, see, and Jeremy, I apologize for uh, disagreeing with you so much, but I completely uh, saw it from the other perspective because I saw it more so as this is somebody that he's known and he's conflicted in the sense of what is this person going to do and where – How can I protect him, but yet how can I protect the other people, and will he ultimately cause me to have to kill him? So, Clarence, what did you think?
0: I mean, very much the same thing. It's this battle of friend versus crew. I mean, do you kill or get rid of the one guy who could potentially— cause you all this trouble or do you um you know favor your crew and say okay my crew has to survive at all costs and that's ultimately what he decided but it didn't come without a lot of seemingly to me soul searching on Kirk's side to make sure he explores every avenue possible to give Mitchell to give Gary Mitchell a chance to survive and and uh, I think he did that I mean although it Actually got a people, a couple people killed. Kelso, the, uh, the guy who had the yep. rope at the, uh, console around his neck. I, you know, it, it got some more people killed, but he was trying every avenue possible to allow his friend, um, to survive. And they did a cool thing here by making the guy his friend. It makes the decision a little harder and a little more heartfelt.
2: Now, see, I just felt like that the whole soul searching was him justifying having to do it. I mean, I mean, to me, it just felt like the decision was made, but now he has to to find a way to live with himself having made that decision.
0: Yeah, I guess I can get that, too. I mean, it was I'm not going to say a good cop, bad cop, but certainly we see where where Mr. Spock is the one making the logical decision here. And he has no qualms about it. (laughs) He's ready to do what has to be done. Um, so, you know, he was, he
2: was ready to kill him in his sleep right then. <laughs> I mean, just, just hand him the gun and, you know, give me five minutes. I'll be right back.
0: <laughs> and of course, Mitchell made the decision easier for Kirk by being a total a-hole. Um, yeah. So that, that made it a little, a, a little more simpler. Um, and of course we have this it's, final showdown, which, um, you know, classic TOS type fighting, which still <laughs> I had a lot of fun with. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, did we expect um Detmer to actually have powers as well? Were, were we surprised when she popped up to have powers?
1: Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't surprised. I actually expected her to get the powers at the beginning before he did. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. What about you?
2: Gina? I was a l- I was a little bit surprised, but I was kind of confused as to whether or not she got the powers the same way he did, or if he gave her powers.
0: Yeah. I- I personally think they got him at the same time. It just took a little bit longer for hers to manifest. Because I don't... Was the statement made that he had the highest ESP score or something of anybody on the crew and she was number two or something like that? Am I remembering correctly? Or did I read I, that? I,
2: I remember them talking about the ESPers or ES, ESPens. I think they called them. But um, I don't remember specifically like crew members they were talking about.
1: I remember them showing their you know, scores. And I remember seeing their scores and for some reason, and I may be wrong here, but for some reason, I was thinking that their score was both a 20 or a 200, uh-huh. but I may be wrong, but I thought their scores were the same. But, but again, I may be wrong. Yeah. I'd have
0: to go back and check it out.
2: But then again, she has a girl in the sixties and they're much slower. So,
0: Oh, apparently, oh, I mean,
2: shit. you know, just going with the times. Very <laughs> <Damn. laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, boy. No comment. <laughs> oh, boy. Did anybody else find it funny that the computers, uh, while they look like, you know, maybe more modern than what we had in the 60s, maybe, but they all had, like, the printouts look like pieces of paper just stuck to the screen? Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. So my favorite
1: uh, technology from this particular episode can be found. And again, if you're watching it on Netflix, this is the Netflix timing, just in case any other avenue is a different timing. But at the 13 minute, 45 second mark, where he's reading his book and he's laying there in the bed and I'm looking at him reading, I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's a quote unquote Kindle. (laughs)
2: What? <laughs> right.
1: Because he was reading on something yeah. and it was like a he was reading a book and it was this huge, uh, you know, this huge box like display yeah. that he's reading. And I'm thinking, OK, that's supposed to be a precursor of what will one day become a Kindle <laughs> <laughs> or a tablet or whatever. Uh,
0: let's 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 be glad that's not what we got. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we've pretty much covered this episode. Any more takeaways or anything I didn't bring up, uh, that you want to talk about or mention before we close this thing out?
2: Well, you know, like I said, this is like the second episode of this series that I've seen. So I was kind of surprised not to see Aurora and, um, Bones. Yeah. In yeah, this episode.
0: Some, some huge characters that were not in the pilot. So yeah. So once, once we jump into maybe the, the official, Uh, series episodes we'll get to see them especially so that that will definitely be fun um kyle any other takeaway yeah my biggest takeaway is i'm
1: actually interested in seeing the original series now whereas before i've had opportunities year in and year out never watched it and finally i'm interested so if there's anything that's taken away is it piqued an interest
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I totally enjoyed it and I cannot wait to see more. I'm loving it, man. Loving it. And to me, these stories very much have, you know, we mentioned that the, that uh, Roddenberry was a huge fan of the Outer Limits and, and Twilight Zone. And to me, these first two episodes, especially can be an episode of the Twilight Zone. I just feel it through and through and I love it. I love it. So, if if these early episodes are more of of, of this type of of uh, these type of stories, man, I'm going to be going through each of them, and so I'm definitely going to be excited to go through and become TOS complete. Uh yes, yeah. <laughs> Cool Baines. All right,
2: guys, well, I mean, I can I can see myself watching more episodes, like just you know one here, one there. I don't know if I'm at the point now where I can just kind of sit and and kind of go through the first season the second season i I could see myself you know on my own picking up another episode or two
0: cool beans cool beans so guys we're gonna wrap it up uh we're gonna go around the horn so kyle anything you want to talk about podcast related otherwise before we get out of here
1: Sure. Uh, the only other thing that I will mention is that you and I can also be found on our uh, Discussing Who slash Discussing Comics YouTube page, which can be found at YouTube dot Who dot com. So, as you said earlier, uh, hit that red button and we would definitely appreciate it.
0: All right. Well, Jeremy, anything you want to talk about podcast related? Otherwise, before we get out of here, man.
2: Um, no, but I do. I would do wish y'all well in Tupelo this weekend. I hope it, it's a huge success, and you know you bring more people to us. <laughs> and good, good luck, and be safe.
0: Good cool. deal. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of discussing Trek. We appreciate you listening in, and uh, yeah. So until next time, guys. Live long and prosper.